Welcome to the Teen Life Podcast, where we believe that teenagers are not a problem to be solved. But we are here to help you equip teenagers through the power of connection. Hi guys, this is Chris Roby, and right across from me, as always, is Carly Duke. Hello, hello! Hey, good to see you today, Carly. <laughs> uh, today, um, we are going to run into a subject that, you know, as, as I saw this come across our agenda, um, I was like, is it already time to be talking about this Mm. um but with spring break coming up and with the weather warming up we want to start talking about safety uh, especially when it comes to uh um, water safety um and you know this is an interesting conversation and carly and i will talk about this a little bit this this particular topic hits close to us here at teen life i know i'm married to a children's hospital uh, employee who uh, sees a lot of drownings, uh, especially mm-hmm. drownings starting this time of year. And drownings aren't always uh, deadly, but um, dr- drownings uh, can permanently affect someone's life. And so um, we wanted to start today this conversation around water safety, especially in spring break. It's upon a lot of us um, and the importance of talking about how we are around uh, the water. Right. As Chris kind of said, this has been on my heart lately and been a thing for our family the last month or so because one of my daughter's friends drowned um, mm. earlier this month and just awful. It's horrible. horrible. And obviously she was younger, but, and Chris and I will probably get into this a little more, but um, we had a teenager that we were close to and loved and connected with um, and even did a podcast with his mom that drowned when he was a teenager. And so this is not just a little kid or baby issue, even though I feel like that is talked about quite a bit around pool safety, but Mm -hmm. any age, any skill level can drown, even if you're a really good and really strong swimmer. And so this is something that I felt like we needed to talk about before we hit that like real big water push in spring break. And we'll link to this uh, interview we did with Dana Gage of the mm-hmm. LB Project, um, and we have that link here in, in the show notes as well um, to kind of hear, you know, the tragedy behind, um, especially open water drownings for teenagers. Yeah. Um, and we'll go through the statistics, but um, I know for me, this wasn't something that was on my radar a lot before uh, the drowning of this teenager and the, and the impact that it had in our local community. And so this is such an important topic um, to make sure that you and your teenager, and especially as you'll see here in a second, your male teenager um, mm-hmm. needs to be having um, around water safety uh, and making sure that life jacket goes on. Yeah. Connor's death was tragic, um, but it, he has, I feel like, made a difference in his life, has impacted people because I was Chris, our family changed. Mm-hmm. What we do with water changed um, mm-hmm. forever after that happened. But for a few stats, nearly 80% of people who die from drowning are male, hmm. which is staggering. Um, many factors can contribute to that, but um, sometimes increased exposure to water, risk-taking behaviors, and alcohol use can also contribute to that. Um, more than half of fatal and non-fatal drownings among people 15 and older occur in natural waters like lakes, rivers, oceans. Right. So like I said, for younger kids, um, pools are a big danger and that can still be a danger for teenagers, but really those natural waters are really dangerous for teenagers. And then among adolescents and adults, alcohol use is involved 
and up to 70% of deaths associated with water recreation, so like boats and swimming, nearly one in four emergency department visits for drowning, and one in five reported boating deaths all have alcohol involved. And obviously, we know this. We've talked about alcohol, but like Mm -hmm. it impairs your balance, your coordination, your judgment, increases risk-taking behavior. And then you add that to especially open water, and that can be a really scary thing. Yeah, I mean, 70% is a huge number uh, when it comes to these. The alcohol is a a factor in all of these, or 70% of these deaths. Um, It tells you a whole lot um, about, obviously, you know, we recommend our teenagers don't drink and, you know, and hold that off until adulthood. And then also then if if you are going to be in moderation, but if there's alcohol at all involved, the conversation around water safety is the biggest, most important thing. Right. I think you're exactly right, Chris, but let's get into some safety tips because those stats can be scary. Mm -hmm. If I'm being honest, especially if you have kids in your home or kids who like to be in water. And so let's talk about what we can do to try to protect them. And the first thing is if you are in natural water, even if you're sitting in a boat, you need to be wearing a life vest. Right. And that sounds silly, but the U.S. Coast Guard reported that 658 boating-related deaths in 2021, 81% died by drowning, 83% of those people were not wearing a life vest. Hmm. Yeah. And so, and and the life vest thing is, um, it's kind of a culture thing, really, when it comes to um, those who have lake houses or have boats or hosts especially right um and so making sure if you are uh, someone who has any authority or in charge that not only are you requiring life vests for any teenager who's out there but you yourself are also wearing one as well when you're on the water that you are not exempt from that mm-hmm. um it, it, it is a this is what we do right. kind of uh conversation right and i'm going to link to the lv project we kind of already mentioned dana and the work that they're doing but they have a lot of research and a lot of resources around life vests and the importance of them, especially for natural water. Um, and so they're a good resource for you to go take a look at as well. And we'll link that. But also, if you have teenagers who are going to be in natural water, like a lake or a river, make sure you're talking about the risks of that because pools and lakes are different. Mm-hmm. And lakes can be murky. They can be unpredictable. You don't know the depth or what's under it. Maybe weather comes up. And if you're in the middle of a lake, that's different than like being in a pool where you can get out and go inside. Right. It's all, it's all, it's it's all, it's all about, it's all about knowing what you're dealing with and, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to dive into water that, um, you don't know how deep it is. And even, even if you do, it's still pretty, pretty risky because you don't know where rocks are. You don't know where any of those things are, especially if it's got any shallowness to it, but and, 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 you know, it's, it's obvious for us sitting here talking about this, uh, the difference between pools and lakes, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but you don't think about it unless you're sitting there talking about it. So to be able to yeah. be able to point out, hey, you know, let's make sure we understand that, that there's a whole big difference if we're going to be out in this lake compared to our backyard pool. Yeah. And that's where, once again, life vests are so important because I was telling Chris, when I was in high school, we would go out on the lake with friends and with adults who are always with us. It's not like we mm-hmm. went out by ourselves, but we would jump off of cliffs or we'd jump off of dock and not thinking, hey, you don't know what's under there mm-hmm. or not thinking I should have a life jacket on just in case something happens. And so just make sure even if they're doing stuff like that, they should have a life jacket on because mm-hmm. you never know what can happen. And that is a safety thing. I will say, I'll also say too, if you're on any kind of uh, 
river with a current um, is really, really important to because currents are really, and I mean, whether you're a current or if you're uh, a river or if you're on the beach with rip tides, yeah. all those kind of things. I, I, I vividly remember my, one of my cousins almost drowning. Um, he got swept away by a river current and his, his dad had to like, like, like time it out perfectly to go grab him and pull him back in, just got swept away and just mm-hmm. the power of water. So frightening. Um, and just knowing, Hey, are we in calm water? Are we water that can pull us under or take us away? Um, it's really important to have those conversations. Yeah. Having a healthy respect of water and understanding what it can do can go mm-hmm. a long way. Also talk about the expectations before they are around water. So for example, if they are going out with friends and your expectation is you will wear a life jacket at all times, Make sure you set that expectation ahead of time, even if the family they're going with isn't doing that. Right. But also, who are you going with? Are there going to be adults? Are they going to remain safe? Going back to alcohol, will there be alcohol use among the adults? Like conversations like that, well, they will seem like overkill to your teenager. I just know mm. that they will. Your teenager will probably roll their eyes. But you would rather than be safe and talk about those things ahead of time than later go, oh, I didn't even think to tell them that. I just assumed. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like we can assume anything with safety in our teenagers. Um, going back to the adult conversation and having conversations about who they're going to be with. If you are the adult in charge, make sure you're supervising. Make sure you're not distracted. Um, no phones, no distractions. I know some people, especially around pools, will have like a designated adult for like 30 minutes at a time, say. And they don't talk to anyone. They don't get on their phone. They're not drinking. They are watching the pool to make sure everyone is safe. And so making sure, even if you're in open water, if you're the adult in charge, making sure that someone is looking after everyone, doing head counts, making sure that everyone is safe in the water is a big responsibility. And one thing I'll I'll add to that, like if this, if you're listening to this and this is kind of a kind of a meh conversation, you're like, you know, this okay, and this has never affected me. Um, we really highly encourage you to go back and listen to our interview with Dana Gage that, where she really recounts what happened and how preventable it was. Um, and I think it's the hardest part of that whole conversation is um, really how um, just with some additional conversations or additional supervision, this would never have happened. And so as, a, as, a, as an adult, if you have a teenager going out to a lake house or going out to a party that's on a lake, not being afraid to take that additional proactive step with those parents or that responsible party involved and say, listen, this might seem like overkill, but understand mm-hmm. like I, uh, I, I know stories. I'm, I'm connected with people. Um, this is important to me. And so if my kid's going to go out to your place, I need to make sure you uh, require life jackets and require these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and can I have those assurances? And then also in constant communication with your teenager, are you wearing a teen- Are you wearing a, life jacket, any of those kind of things, but just to be able to take those additional steps. Yeah. Um, you're not, um, you're not crazy. You're not, you're not like the helicopter parent for being, for asking those questions is making sure those things are covered because the, that parent might not, might not have heard all the stories and might not take this very seriously, but you, since you've heard this podcast and, um, <laughs> are in the know now and do that. Yeah, Exactly. I will say if you're an adult who's around water a lot or if you'll have a pool or a lake house that y'all are going to a lot, it might be a good idea to learn CPR mm-hmm. in case something happens. You can get, I think you can even get certified online like pretty easily. So that's something maybe you have your teenager do that too, just to be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, that's never a bad thing. Um, I know we've talked about alcohol a few times. Make sure you're talking about that with your teenagers. Talk about the risks. 
if they're especially like you mentioned, Chris, if they're going to a party at a lake house, even if they're not intending to get in the water, that is a danger that's close by. And if they're drinking, you just never know what's going to happen. So having those conversations, um, and if you're supervising, like I said, maybe you need to skip too mm-hmm. for a little bit while you're the adult in charge. And then finally, I'll say use a buddy system. Make sure teenagers aren't going off and swimming by themselves. If there are lifeguards around, like some even lakes have lifeguard lifeguarded areas or have patrols around. If they're swimming, make sure there are lifeguards around. Don't let teens swim alone at night. Hmm. I'll say open water especially, but I think even pools. I think, I don't know, teenagers go do silly things late at night when you're not awake. And maybe that's not the best option, especially if they're alone. Right. Um, and has no one who can say like, hey, I slipped and fell and no one was there to know. So just be aware. And like I said, this is not an episode where we're trying to scare you, but we do want you to be aware so that we can help prevent deaths that can be preventable. Mm-hmm. And so we just want you and your teenagers to be as safe as possible this swimming season. For the tip this week, Chris, let's get into some spring break ideas. We kind of introed it with the water, but I have like maybe some thoughts on some things that you can do both in town, out of town, cheap. If you want to go big, you can go big, but kind of any budget. Let's talk about some things that maybe you could do with your teenagers. Spring break's awesome. It's it's just something about that, that um, kind of you're getting through the dog days of uh, of spring kind of you know you're starting to see some glimmers of spring coming up it's a little warmer and some opportunities just to kind of take a break and a breath as a family mm-hmm. um especially the older that my kids get the more um more fun spring break is for sure mm-hmm. i'll say my first idea is to have an adventure day get out of the house go do something active and fun if you are in the fort worth area we are partial to rockwood go-karts mm-hmm they have a putt-putt course. They have this go-kart track that is super fast and super fun. Any age of your kid, like my five-year-old loves it, but we see teenagers out there all the time who just go with their friends and who love to race and have fun, especially if it rains sometimes. <laughs> They'll open up oh, the yeah. track and it's slick. And so if you're local, we'll link to them. That's a great option. Also, top golf is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a fun o- – and there are other like similar – things. I know chicken and pickle places are really big right now where you can go eat and be active. So maybe if you as a parent don't want to play golf or pickleball, you can sit there and eat some queso and let your teenagers play and work off some energy. But something like that would be really fun. Also, um, going on a road trip, even if it's really short, is really a fun, um, affordable way. If it's just getting away for a night um, mm-hmm. somewhere where you're just going to go see a new town, go see, see something you hadn't seen before um find a fun airbnb that's close to you just, just to stay a couple nights or look up a famous restaurant within driving distance and make some stops along the way it's fun to sit down especially with your kids and you know map it out say hey you know we haven't been we haven't driven this way before where's the place we can check out along the way mm-hmm. uh, and make that an adventure spring break's a great time to be able to do that to hit the open road and see a new place Right. And you can take that as far if you want to go for the whole week and go somewhere big. That's great. Or if you just want to get away for a night or two, that would be something really fun to do with your kids. Along that same vein, but a little different, become a tourist in your own city. Mm. If you don't want to pay for a hotel or an Airbnb, find something fun. Like pretend like you're, I mean, Google, for example, you live in Fort Worth, like visiting Fort Worth things to do Mm -hmm. and look at this list and go, okay, what have we not done because we live here and what would be really fun? 
Maybe we all look got, up. We all, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, maybe look up restaurants. Um, I know there are lots of like love lists on Instagram are big right now. So there are these accounts that are dedicated to restaurants and things to do in certain cities. And so you could even look that up with your teenagers and be like, all right, you go through here, click through, find a restaurant that you want to go to. And we're going to check that out tonight. I think we all in the town we live in, even if it's a big town or small town, it doesn't really matter, but we kind of have our go-to places and we, mm-hmm. we kind of frequent the same areas of town. But um, I know in a city like Fort Worth, there's so many places, so many places I've not seen, you know, and I've lived yeah. here for a long, long time in any place that you believe, even if it's a tiny little town, I'm a little nowhere. There's probably some parts of it you don't really know very well. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in a smaller town, there's like the, the the going into town city that's close to you that you, you <laughs> might be don't, don't know that know as well. Um, there's just really great things to be able to see um, anywhere close to you and um, be able to get to know where you live a lot better. Yeah. Even something small like babes are really big around here. And at one point in college, my friends, like we were like, all right, let's find every babes within driving distance. And we're going to go try them all and look at all of them. Or like, so if there's even a restaurant that you know that your family loves and there's another location, go try a different location across town and just see how it differs. Or if they have a sister location, something like that could be really fun. And another stay at home option is a movie or a TV marathon. Mm-hmm. So this is easy to do during spring break. Maybe especially if the weather is not good. If the weather is nice, it's nice to be outside. But at night, pick a movie series or pick an actor and say, we're going to watch all of their movies <laughs> this week. <laughs> um, I've been doing that with my boys with uh, all the Star Wars. because they're, they're getting old enough now to watch all of yes. them. And they've been we've been checking those out at night. And, you know, and just, inc- it, you know, especially if they're cultural phenomenons like that, to be able to start asking like, well, which one should we watch first? And like, oh, let me tell you, <laughs> you know, all these different <laughs> things. You know, we talked about Marvel movies a lot on our mm-hmm. podcast. There's ways you can do that and watch this in chronological order. There's a lot of great ways you can spend time together exploring things you hadn't as a family before. Right. You can even pick a TV show too. I remember in high school, me and my brother, I think it was spring break, watched like every season of 24 over spring break. Like we oh, just decided- we're going to, I don't think all of them were out at that point. I think it was maybe three seasons, but we're like, all right, we're going to knock it out. And we would look up at like four o'clock in the morning and be like, why are we still awake? But it was just a fun memory that -hmm. you can do together. A tip that my husband does this all the time. And it's kind of embarrassing, but it's also awesome. He will walk into a movie theater, get a large popcorn and then walk out. Like, like, just go for the popcorn. So there have been times where we're having a movie night at home and he was like, but I want really good popcorn. And so he'll drive up to the closest movie theater and get us a large popcorn and come home and we'll all share movie theater popcorn. And so maybe if you want to do something that's a little cheaper than going to the movies, you could still do that and have that movie experience. That's so fun. That is. My last idea is to do something small every day. So it doesn't have to be a big deal. Find some, one small thing for you and your family to look forward to, especially if you're not going anywhere. I feel like spring break sometimes can turn into teenagers sleeping all day or playing video games all day and not really getting out and doing something. So it could be something like, hey, invite a friend over today, or we're going to go somewhere fun for lunch, or we're going to take a walk, or we're going to go shopping, we're going to grab a coffee, try a new recipe at home for dinner. It could be something really small, especially if you're working. It doesn't have to be you taking the whole week off, but do something that they have something like when they go back to school, they can talk about with their friends or something that like kind of gets them out of bed every morning. 
one thing we'll do during those breaks is we'll uh, when we when the kids were little they called it days with dad and so they would mm. make just make make a checklist basically what are the things you want to do today and we would just make a checklist and be able to work through that checklist all day long um and there's obviously different ways you could do that but um we really enjoyed that because it's it it also allows if you're a parent who works or you know works from home or whatever, some things you that you need to get to done, get done as a as a as a parent. Mm-hmm. On top of the other things that the kids want to do, you can kind of sprinkle those things in. Like, hey, we need to clean the garage and do this, but we'll but then after that, we'll go play baseball or we'll go do this or that. Mm-hmm. Be able to kind of do both, where it's not, you know, just partying all week, but actually get some some stuff done too. Um, there's that's a really fun way to be able to do that. For the tip this time, this is a little different because it's not so much as a tip as I want to sprinkle this in, Chris. Have you heard of the show The Parent Test? I have not. Okay, so it's fascinating. I'm not going to make you watch it. I watched it. But for anyone listening, I'm planning on talking about this show in a few weeks, but I wanted to give you a heads up if you want to go watch it or even go watch just the first episode to kind of get a grasp of what it is. But it is, I've been telling all these people about it. I haven't finished the last episode yet, but it really is fascinating because what it does is it compares 12 different parenting styles and it puts them to the test. So like in the first episode, it highlights four of these and each family, each couple goes through like two tests an episode. And then at the end, the other eight parenting styles vote on who their favorites were and then they go into a semifinal round and then a final round so they can like name the best parenting style which I don't know if that's necessarily true but it really is just interesting to be like oh I didn't know people did it that way or I like that piece of that parenting style but I don't like this piece or just things that even they'll notice about themselves when these kids are put to the test um, that they do silly things like getting them to jump off a high dive when they're scared and how does your parenting style work Mm. into that or even like a stranger danger test where you're not home and someone a stranger comes to the door will your kids open the door or not did you prepare them for that Mm. or if you go to a super fancy restaurant where your kids are going to hate every single item on the menu how are they going to react it's just really interesting um, like I said, it just highlights different styles and different ways people parent, like high achieving, traditional. There's like child led, free range, helicopter, all kinds of different styles. So if you are over spring break, maybe looking for something to watch, it could be a thing to watch because there were also things I have younger kids, but that I was watching of going like, I haven't thought to like even talk to my kid about that. And I should. Hmm. Because I wasn't looking, like thinking about it through that lens. And so sometimes watching other parents struggle is like, oh, I don't need to do that. And I'm going to learn from their mistake. And so it's really interesting. And maybe in a few episodes, we'll talk about some different parenting styles, not all 12, but um, some things that we can learn from parenting styles. All right. Well, with that, that's a wrap for this episode. If you enjoy this episode, we encourage you to subscribe so that the new episodes every single Tuesday drop into your podcast feed to follow us on social media and all the places that if you just search teen life uh, ngo you'll that, that will typically find where we are on social media uh, text this episode to a friend if, if the water safety topic mm-hmm. is really important to you something here that struck a nerve um, send that on to a friend uh, via text uh, review us on your favorite podcast app to let others know how 
awesome our podcast is. And we will see you next week.